Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Vagina Talks. I'm your host, Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind, spider queen. Uh, call me a few different things. Uh, just welcome. We're here, and I'm sitting here uh, with a really spectacular guest I'm very excited to share with you today. And we are recording in like total full moon zone, first snowy, kind of gray like colder in the middle part of the day than it was in the morning. It's like a real inversey kind of wacky space. I've got a candle going all day today because every time I go to be like, maybe I'll do something else. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here by this candle. <laughs> See if I can just like one, let me just do one thing, um, which to much to my relief, uh, has been working. Um, so let me introduce her here and we can, you know, bring her in on the conversation. So Erica Corday is an entrepreneur, coach, and consultant. She is dedicated to expanding how multicultural professionals, managers, lawyers, coaches, 
and creative small business owners interact with the world through powerful conversations meant to challenge them to perceive their reality through a different lens. This is perspective, perceptions, this is rich stuff. Topics including diversity, equality, equity, and inclusion make for the awareness that she uses to create the mind shifts for impact. It's like, we got to think about these things differently if we want to do them differently in life and in business. Erica believes talking about important and necessary topics in a safe space creates change and helps people feel comfortable, open, honest, and forward focused. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Sophia. I'm so, I'm so happy here. to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, let's do this. All the things. <laughs> All the things. Yes, I'm going to. Yeah, I was just saying. So Erica and I met at She Podcast Live in Atlanta. She's presenting and she opened up her conversation and I just like, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm drooling literally in my mouth. I just got, it's just, it's <laughs> fluids are happening. Uh, she's speaking on diversity and, and, and Erica, you get up there and you're like, shame is not a useful thing in this space. We're going to have a, a conversation here in a way that allows us to really speak honestly. And, and I just had that moment of like this, like it, touches my heart so deeply like we have to be able to talk about these things if we want to do them differently um so I just knew in that moment and then your 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 talk was just brilliant and inspiring and I was so grateful to watch all the women in that space be transformed and delivered right I really feel like you have a gift to bring people not only from that awakened moment but into a place that feels um inspired to move differently in the world which is a huge gift. So thank you. Thank you. I'm like, Oh, I feel all warm and fuzzy now. Like, <laughs> that's It's a thing though. Like I, I want people to take something from the things that I say, because the reality is, is that if you're listening to a conversation, if you're hearing somebody talk online, if you're hearing um, a speech or a workshop someone's giving, there can be a lot of information. And so if you can just find one thing, that somehow you're like, oh, wait a minute, that, that little piece right there. And you can take that and feel empowered to go and do something with that without feeling like I have to go and be perfect and that I don't have space to grow. It's like, yes, yes, that's it. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. Yes. <laughs> Warm and fuzzies. I like it. I, I, I just kind of want to like jump right in there for you. What is it that you're with in your own self right now? Um, it's like, I can kind of ask two questions. It's like the internal or the external. You can kind of, it's like, is it inside with you? Are you seeing it people around you? I usually find that tends to be like the things that I'm working with tend to be the things that I see outside of me, it's like limited perception or whatever. But what is it right now that people are, um, that you are or people are orbiting around this conversation of diversity or inclusion or stepping outside their lens. What's, what's like a reoccurring theme that's, that's up for you or up in the work for you right now? I think imperfect action is definitely one. The other one I feel like is kind of the awareness that is below the awareness that's below that awareness kind of thing, if that makes sense. So it's, it's kind of partially this place of, for me, having to confront my own spaces of 
why am I not doing this? Why mm. do I have resistance? Why, what am I bumping up against and realizing like, because I'm afraid to screw it up. I'm afraid to not do it right. And mind you, do it right. It's all my own inner dialogue. Like there's nobody out here writing this just on the board. Like this is what do it right means. Mm. It's all my own inner dialogue because we're already our own kind of worst critics in that way. Like we put the bar way higher than anybody else. They're like, I, I don't even see where you put this here bar. <laughs> like it's gone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot oh. of validity in seeing where as I am asking people to step into imperfect action, I can see where my own space of that resistance can come up, which Number one, it means that I get it. Like, I'm not telling you to do something that I don't understand, mm -hmm. but it also means that it brings a different level of importance, not only to do it, but for me, it's like, I can't expect someone else to do something that I am unwilling to do. I am very, like, that's a piece of integrity for me. So that there's that. And then there's just this thing of like, people kind of realizing like, oh, this was what happened today. And this is how I felt. And then it's like, well, I think maybe there were some other things going on. Oh, no, wait. There were some other things going mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. So when you leave yourself open and receptive enough to truly dig through and see what is the thing below the thing, below the thing yeah. that you think is the thing, yeah. because that's not what it is. Yeah. Yeah, just like where, like where that place of self-knowledge, I think that if we're, if I, to talk about like kind of my opening theme of like, how do we have these conversations without shame, right? We're talking about that awareness below that awareness below that awareness is like that or maybe I'll even say exposing the shame, right? So, yes. so exposing the shame. So it's like you're talking about going that layer, that layer, that layer. So often the layer between one level of awareness and the next level of awareness is, yep. is shame. Is, is not always. That's not the only thing that can be that layer, but, but often, right, that it's there. It's like because I don't want to yeah. admit this other thing. Um, I'm ashamed of it. Because if you hit a point, like, I had a really off day and I don't know why this meeting went this way. And then maybe it's that, you know, I knew I should have stopped and given myself time to eat or to drink and, and do the things I needed to do. And then it's like, well, maybe it's that I felt like if I had taken time to do what I needed to do for me, that somehow I would be viewed as unprofessional or they wouldn't, they wouldn't respond well. And then what if, what if that just makes me look like a sham and I'm not the business owner? I thought it can become this spiral. And before you realize it, like it can either take you out or you can hit a point and realize that sounds asinine. Wait a minute. No, no. Lies. 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 <laughs> yes. And so when you pay attention, mm. it's, it is good when you acknowledge where you're like, okay, I can see how this could have maybe been done differently. It could have gone differently. 
I could have made different choices. The people around me could have made different choices and interacted the way that it did. It is what it is. But it's also another to be able to see it and be like, mm, I'm calling full BS on that one. That's that's not true. This is all built around something that I'm telling myself because upholding that is easier than giving myself grace in this moment. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking about as we enter into this like holidays season, right into this world and this invitation of like being with people that are not maybe our hand picked, uh, inner circles, especially for those that are doing a big medicine walk or doing a lot of this work that we're going into family spaces or long history zones. Right. And Mm -hmm. the navigation of like when somebody says a thing or somebody does a thing and that feeling of like, Oh my God, like that is the most classist, like, hatred of poor people statement I've ever heard like right now out of your mouth but like I don't know how to say I don't even like I don't even know like I like literally like I'm getting flabbergasted about it right it's like how like how do I do it in that moment you know and I think about like that first level of being able to like slow down enough in yourself and then like as you talk about like imperfect action like where do we go from here and I just love to hear what you have to say around this notion or these ideas in a moment like that? I think that it can present itself as an opportunity to stand squarely in your values and go along with the see something, say something. Um, Because you don't get to choose your family unless you're somebody kind of like myself in which a lot of my family sucks. So I literally made my own. I literally just Good said, job, no. <laughs> so Good job. I chose people that I felt like, as my one friend is always talking about the zombie apocalypse, it's like, if the zombie apocalypse was coming, who are you taking with you? Right. So it's like, if you hit this point and you needed your circle of people, mm. who would you choose? And that's not always someone that, you are by blood or by marriage. And so I think that there is a place that when you are forced into these gatherings with people that you might only have to see one to three times a year, and even that's too much, um, that it can kind of give you two opportunities. It can give you an opportunity to say, these are my beliefs. These are my ethics. These are my values. They did not go to the side over by the gravy on the side table. So therefore I am still going to stand in this Mm. and I'm going to do it in a way that I think is respectful and considerate of the atmosphere, but I'm not going to be silent. Mm. Um, I think the second is to say, I am going to stand in my values and I need to leave. (laughs) I I need to minimize how much time I'm going to be here. Because there are times to where um, you're just in a room full of people that you can yell from the rooftops, fill in the blank, any rebuttal to any of the closed-minded, classist, racist, homophobic, xenophobic, fill in the blank with any level of foolishness. Exactly. And you know it's just not going to help. And the reality is, is at that point, you can't necessarily judge what everyone else in the room is willing to subject themselves to, yeah. but you can choose what you want to be included in mm. because, mm. because I think that's mm. where you have to say, 
Um, I know that what I stand for isn't welcome here. And I am not here to change your mind, so I won't be here. Because you can't force anyone else to feel something that they don't want to feel and that they're not open to feeling. But you can decide that you don't have to steep yourself in their energy either. Mm. I really, I just, I really appreciate that. I mean, it brings up a a bunch of kind of different questions and some thoughts about kind of Hmm? different approaches on that. And one of the things is that I just so deeply appreciate that word steeping, right? So it's like to stay there and to like get, get cooked in it. It's like on one level, sometimes it's useful for me because I, say now I'm like I've worked very hard to create my little insular bubber like it's just like I've yes. worked, this is not an accident like it's like right. I am I am I am cooking I am steeping a thing I am like emanating and broadcasting so like it's this is a it's it's a it is a machine or a mechanism of of a particular kind of contribution right so it's sometimes it's very useful for me to go into spaces that are so different to um here to listen, to be in yes. a space of, of deep listening, which is a, which is a value, right? Like that's one of my yes. values. And so I can stand, there's, there's space or there's opportunity for me to stand in that value and say, I don't understand. Tell me more, right? Like if I can stand right. in that value of just being like, you know, when you said this thing, it just baffles me. Cause I don't, I, I, I actually can't imagine how that statement could make sense. Like right. it's, it actually just doesn't make sense to me. Like I, can you tell me more about where that's coming from? Right. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder about that. A <laughs> like, like, like not to be confused here, especially when we do it really well, usually it's because we've trained for it, which means hours and times and money. And which means I'm, this is what's called labor, right? It's like, like mm-hmm. doing the labor of like, I'm going to walk you through. You don't even realize you said some toxic business right now. And I'm going right. to like, ba- I'm going to, I'm going to listen to you while you realize what you just said. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that place of like, am I willing and available to do that? Like that question, like, is that, a service am I this I think I, like I have a question about this being Ooh, I have like a lot of feelings that just came up like in my throat and my shoulders and like it's I, a lot I gotta go like <laughs> <laughs> taking off my clothes I'm like oh <laughs> this feeling of like I'm a sensitive mumpkin like I I they tried to heavily medicate me like I have to be very mindful to to keep functionality right and so right. So this feeling, I get this feeling of like, oh, I'm supposed, like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to stay. I'm supposed to listen. I'm supposed to help. I just like, I'm like, I'm like throwing up in myself as I say it. And I'm like, but you want to know what? They don't listen to anything I say anyway. It's not till it comes on the Ellen show and it's not till it comes on MSNBC anyway. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have these people, I just found out the other day, it's a whole handful of people that do, that are from my world, my like past world, shout out to St. Paul's, um, church that I grew up in apparently a bunch of those darling people like listen to my podcast I don't know if they listen to every episode but they like listen to it and I'm like okay so like I am doing the thing like it's like and now those people are not people that I would actually expect these things to 
come out of their mouth necessarily. I mean, not any more than any of the rest of us, right? Like having a moment right. of like being like, oh, I did not realize I just like, whoa, that just came out of my mouth, right? But right. I'm like, I'm like getting dizzy about it. Like I'm having a shame response. I'm having a moment of like, well, am I supposed to stay? Are they going to believe me anyway? Like, and then I feel this suffocated feeling of like not being heard. And then this feeling of like, no, and like what you said of like, no matter how much I shout, I mean, it's because shouting's not going to get it through. They can't hear anything anyway. They're all just traumatized four-year-olds. Like, am I going to just leave all the traumatized four-year-olds, you know, like to just. Yeah. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's true because you know what happens? You hit this point of like, I want to have empathy for you. I want to give you the same type of space that at some point, you know, one or more people gave me on my own journey because we all have our journey. Right. And so you never want to feel as though you are denying someone an opportunity to expand. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important. I think it's also important to understand that, you know, this person may not want to expand in that moment. They oh. might be really good where they are and they just want to sit there and whatever it is that they're doing somehow protects them or makes them feel safe and they're like right. no no I'm going to hold on on all this ickiness this gives me a very nice coat and I'm, I'm very fond of it and I won't let it go <laughs> it's just like ew gross but okay okay that's and, your coat not mine <laughs> right and so it's mm. and and that's where sometimes you just kind of have to you have to pick your battles but you have to just kind of come from a place of intentionality in that you know Am I trying to help this person or do I feel indignant like you will not do this to me today? Or right. is it coming from a place of I really want you to be better or I refuse to leave here and you still be homophobic. I'm not OK with this mm. because it's centering you or is it centering the betterment of this individual? What's well, a real service question right there? It's like, is it to make me feel comfortable? Like I feel uncomfortable with this person's perpetuation or participation and I it's that's painful for me and I don't want to be here right yep. or is it do I actually feel I, th I know th one of the things that comes up for me is that I feel like I have a lot of people in my life who when I do give them the chance they do want to show up to it and grow and nobody is giving them that and and um and then I get that like tired feeling about it and I'm whining <laughs> Because it makes you, because it's a visceral response. Like yeah. your body yeah. is like, yes, this is making you tired on the inside. Uh -huh. It's like, it's like when little kids are like, I'm tired. And it's that, it's a different, oh. it's not just like, oh, I'm tired, I need to lay down. It's, it's different. It is yeah. a level of just exhaustion and almost d this damp mop type of thing. Because mm. for me, um, it was maybe two years ago or so, and I realized the empath part of me that I had never really known was there. Yeah. And I was literally at an event, and I felt like I had a damp dish rag on me all day, and I couldn't take it off. Right. And so that feeling is a very, it is a visceral thing, and it's a real thing. And if you are not aware of it in order to kind of say, oh, okay, I think I need to protect myself and my own energy in this moment, I need to take the responsibility that I have perceived as mine in this situation mm. and really take care of what is most important. And sometimes that means that you have to say either a, this is not my fight with you or today is not the day right. because I don't think there's ever been 
historically any type of battles that we can think of that didn't involve strategy and moments of like, yeah, let's retreat because this is not, not now, not now. Like right. it's real. Right. Right. You know, one of the things I appreciate that about that is because one of the things that comes up for me, it's like go down my privilege list. Right. Is like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's a, there's a lot. Right. <laughs> right. So it's, it's like, white skinny like highly educated like money access um uh uh and i just feel like i go on and on it's like i'm very blessed right but it's like also like this like privilege checklist you know and then it's Mm -hmm. like and so then that can activate this feeling of like oh i should i like i have like i have to like i'm not i can't be the one who leaves the room like it can like activate the sense of like this the way that instead of privilege creating an awareness of privilege creating um i'll say inspired responsibility right having this awareness stimulate an- another level of shame or obligation or oppression like internalized oppression um, creating and then compromising my own um, well-being. And and then this is what activates for me is it feels like then I start to get it, it act. I know that it's activated this like oppression system model because then I start to identify I can feel a part of my brain that wants to justify why it's okay for me to leave. It's like, well, I've also been diagnosed with mental health. It's like, like my not privileged list, my, my marginalized list was, well, I'm queer and I have mental health issues and I'm highly, and it's like, whoa, how did we get into this conversation? Like the question is, am I available Mm -hmm. for this right now? Self-responsibility. Am I available for this right now? Yes or no. Right. Like to just yeah. like and I appreciate your the notion of if I want to take that responsibility on. And then my question, my notion is strategy. Right. If I accept yeah. that awareness and I say, OK, how am I going to strategically contribute to do I want to change this one person or am I am I looking at how do I strategically contribute to a shift in culture is like where my that's where my personal brain goes. Oh, yeah. Well, and but that's why, like, like you said, like kind of that oppression model, when that begins to kick in, what sometimes people will, you know, they'll kind of like, oh, it's it's a snowflake type of syndrome almost. And it kind of can go to a place of centering where it's like, well, I can't deal with this because of fill in the blank of the thing. Right. And so you then put yourself in this place that you have justified why you don't want to you don't want to co-sign something about this group of people that isn't isn't correct based on somebody's stereotype, somebody's story that they got off of Fox News or fill in the, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. But you can sometimes, if it if the thing gets too big or the thing gets too scary, you give yourself this. I can't do fill in the blank because of fill in the blank right. and it can trigger the privilege thing and it can give you reasons why you're not ready and why, you know, imperfect action isn't possible. Because the thing too, is that whether you stay or whether you leave, and honestly, that can be a physical action or it can actually be a like inside emotional, like I am checked out. I am just not available. I'm not here. Like you really don't see me. Uh That can happen too. But what happens is, is that one can still look very much like the other because you can leave by saying, you know what? I hear where this conversation is going. I don't agree with it. 
I'm not okay with you saying things that are hateful, unacceptable. So I, I really don't have anything else to say to you. And that's still a full statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's you leaving, but you still made the line in the sand of what you're not willing to receive because you have chosen to partake in this group gathering. And it's not from a place of you can't have your opinions, but it's that if someone is doing something that puts their opinion above the well-being, safety, and basic necessities of someone else, well, your opinion sucks, dude. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, that's a whole nother level of like, you know, you're infringing on my voice. Okay, but you're infringing on someone else's ability to live, be, and exist in safety and security. If we had to pick one here, mm-hmm. it's going to be your opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, because the reality is the person that's saying it is is coming from a place of privilege. So right. it's okay to acknowledge that too. Right, right. Right. And then the other thing that comes up for me is the invitation of a conversation or the invitation of information. Um, And I wonder about that, right. Of just being like in that space, like, you know, I have some kind of memories that are coming to mind for me in the past of like, what is it to just say a comment? So everybody at the table knows I'm not like, I did not sign off on that. Like, just so we're clear. And what is it to be like, you know, I think this is like a deeply rooted conversation that deserves a lot of time and attention that like, I don't, I'm not interested in having unless everyone's consenting to it. Right. Like this is like a real, like I want to have a real conversation that's talking about your personal experience and a cultural context. Um, Like if you want to have that conversation with me, I'd like to have that conversation with you. Like let's schedule, like, would you meet me for coffee? Would you talk on the phone? Like that kind of thing. Like that comes up for me. And when I think of that, I get so, uh, scared. I don't only think of that, but I I think of that. And then I often do. But you also brought up a really valid point in that if like, if you consider the traditional holiday model where you have uh, 10 to 20 people, gathered together, uh, you know, you already have people that are all coming from different ways of living in their lives, different dietary restrictions, different mindsets, and everybody's forced to like mash all this stuff together and do all these things that half of them probably don't, don't want to do because they wouldn't do it normally. And what can happen is, is that if you're in that type of space and you're literally at a table breaking bread and someone says something mm-hmm. that it's just like, whoa, whoa, we, that's not where we were going. I just wanted that plate over there. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. ask for that. Yeah. And what can happen is, is that, one, there's the shock value of what they said. But, two, there's also the place of you knew that this wasn't the place for you to make that comment. Mm. You knew that this wasn't the opportunity um, for you to bring your ethics or your politics here for other people to comment on or not comment on and for you to take that as some type of validation or I won because I had the loudest voice. So there's a level of this isn't appropriate Mm. that was kind of taken advantage of by the person that brings it to a very inappropriate setting, knowing that dialogue is either not going to truly happen or 
you're going to create such toxic energy that now everybody's time is, is likely to be tainted with what you brought. Because who wants to have somebody come in and, you know, you don't like, you know, the way that someone chooses to live and you are now making passive aggressive comments about that. Mm -hmm. It's likely that that individual is going to feel like, really? But that's probably not their first time hearing it. So they may be able to ignore it. Right. But I can guarantee you there's someone else there that is like, oh, that is not okay. Right. So now you have all of these different levels of all of the things between these very polar opposites of tolerance versus intolerance mm. and everybody feeling like, I didn't want to eat this today. This was not right. what I wanted to ingest when I came here. I wanted to like get like turkeyitis and go home. That was it. <laughs> I didn't show up for that. Yeah. because that's not family gatherings are not the place to air your ethical things when you know how it's likely to be perceived and you don't really want to have dialogue on it you right. know exactly what you're doing it's, I mean I, again it's like yeah you'd hope right and then I just feel like I I have his memories of being in spaces where it's like oh this is actually just their family culture like being invited into spaces where it's like, oh, there's three or four people that just yell at each other about a particular thing and everybody else just kind of sits around while they like yell and dominate a like othering hate fest that's mm -hmm. like about keeping everybody, like how do you control everybody else so that we're safe dialogue? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So that's like a thing, I guess, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to say something about, okay, do, you, do you want to say something? I say anything. No, say, well, oh. there's always something to be said, oh, but no, like in that point, like I think, well, I mean, I think you're right, but I think you brought up two just cultural variations in how people communicate. Right. Like some families, like they yell and people, you know, people are like, why are we yelling? And they're like, what? Right. This, this. Right. And that's, that's their normal. Right. That doesn't have to be your, but if that's not your normal, it's right. okay to not feel as though you have to acclimate something that does feel abnormal to you because it isn't someone else's abnormal. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever yours is, yeah. is yours. Like, you don't have to all of a sudden feel like, oh, it's the holidays. I guess I got to look, uh, you know, acceptable to somebody else's standards. And I have to act I'm going to stop right there because the show's called – vagina talks i want you to just, i'm gonna lift up what erica Corday said just right now which is that you do not have to dress to someone's acceptable standards because it's a holiday unless there's a dress code and then you get to decide whether you walk in that door or not they can check you at the door that's all that's but on the invitation they say will not be served that's a that's that's informed consent right there okay it's like that's different okay but i think that's a big deal i think that's like something that's like even that you know i think about how many people the fucking gender normative shit comes in where it's like put on a skirt put on a dress like you can't yeah. go you can't go to dinner like that like you have to put on a skirt or you can't you know it's like you know it's like you can't i have a non-binary partner and my uh, we have a family member getting married and I keep talking with them about just being like, what are you wearing to the wedding? And I keep saying out loud, like, like you can wear, like, I want to be active. Like you can wear anything, right? Like yes. anything. Right. And like having that, which they don't necessarily need to hear, but I think it's helpful. Right. To just be like, I'm not, you know, but I think there's like that. I really, I really, that was kind of fiery about that. I just, it's, 
it, okay, so this is it's slightly random. I have gotten sucked into a new social media platform that is really geared toward kids. It's it's ridiculous. However, it gives me a little giggle. It's funny. Oh, great. And the thing that I have a huge appreciation for within it is seeing how many young adults and teenagers are really standing firmly yeah. in their sexuality and their gender by choice. And you're seeing a lot of people and, and they're doing it from a place of fun, but they're addressing like, it'll be like, you know, sister over here hearing the uncle say something that's very homophobic and the sister thinking, Oh, I know who's coming and I know how they're going to be dressed. And in comes her brother who happens to be in the process of, of, of his, um, of, I want to call it his transformation. He's trans, mm -hmm. and but he's dressed heteronormative for a female. And she's like, oh, there you go. Have fun with that. And it's completely like, this is what I am, and this yeah. is me showing up. And so seeing people not only standing in it and saying, I'm trans, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm pan, whatever that thing is, and addressing how when holidays come up, there's some other things that can be around that. And then being like, nope, not doing any of those things. Like this is, this is a Tuesday and I'm still showing up like me. Like I'm not going to stop that. Mm. And so I, I, I know that when I grew up, it was not the same type of climate and there's still a lot to be desired. Yes. But to see that many of them are starting at a younger place to stand in something that feels good to them yeah. means a lot. And I think it's extremely important because there is nothing worse from feel, than feeling like however it is that you feel on the inside, somebody else is like, no, you can't do that. Mm. Like, you no, who told you you could do that to somebody else? No, like my, oh. my like parental mothering, uh-uh. Like it immediately is like, no. And so these little things that are, some of them are heartfelt, but some are, are meant to make something quote unquote normalized or funny. That is like, this could be a train wreck. And they're like, nope, right. doing all these things. And right. I am doing the greatest face of makeup, bringing out my good wig today. Mm. Have fun. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Because this can be a season where outside of the fact that there's less daylight, people can really struggle with feeling like I can be comfortable in my skin right now. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I just, I have a huge appreciation when somebody bucks whatever the norm is in that situation and chooses their own norm. Yeah. Yes. So, so many things. One of them is, one of the things I like to say is I love a bold choice. I love a bold choice. You know, it's like when I see something or I'm like, oh no, but then I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> right. Like it's like, like yes. for, oh no, for me. Oh yes. For you. Right. Like right. I love a bold choice. Like, yes. You know, like no matter how it is a thing, like whether it's my aesthetic or not, like that feeling of like watching someone claim that is so satisfying to me. Um, Something that keeps coming up over the course of our conversation for me is a teaching that I talk about around um, doing healing work with people. 
mm-hmm. when we're talking about dissociating, leaving our body and coming back to our body. So this process of like like being in, um, uh, if you're listening, you don't know what I'm talking about, that feeling of like really being like grounded in your body, breathing, knowing where you are, having access to all your senses. That's like, and it's, it's not a line. It's a, um, it's a gradient. It's like, it's a zone. You're like, can be very levels of like being here and then like kind of drifting off in your mind and then full blown out of your body have no sense of time, space, catatonic. It can be moving all of these different things. Right. So it took me a long time to realize that, um, not only is it important to have people's consent to, um, or consciousness around leaving the body. Cause it's one of the things I had a fabulous therapist who gave me this, this nugget, which was the difference between trance and dissociation was choice. So being able to leave the body and come back to the body has become a very, very strong teacher, um, teaching kind of principle for me in this process of as empaths are very sensitive beings who have to regulate our system, both in a, in a tolerance way of like where we are in the landscape, as well as our gifts and skills, right? So our mm-hmm. ability to travel between the realms and the zones, right? So it's to leave our body and come back to body. We're doing it on purpose or not. And so I often think about this process of leaving our body on purpose and, and coming back to it on purpose. And, and I had this flip fairly recently where I realized that it's very easy as someone who can track that or see that in someone else to think if someone's out of their body, they have to get back into their body. And I realized that that was a, a place of just another place of like control and dominance over someone else that it's consent Mm -hmm. to have someone kind of come back into their body. And that is really important when I'm a practitioner to have that be understood that if I'm working with someone and I know they might go out and come back, that it's my, there's some agreements that I make where, okay, if you go out, I'm going to bring you back, you know, and there's other, if I don't have that agreement with someone, it's actually not appropriate for me to use all of my skills on them to bring them back into their body. That like, that's me like bossing them around. Right. And that, that that's a whole level of, of trusting someone, not only on a soul level, but just in like a basic physiological level of like, just cause I have all the fancy technology, I can touch them in four ways and say three sentences and know that they're going to very largely be brought back. Like like and this is I don't know why this feels like so important but it it has come up multiple times in our conversation this notion of having being in a conversation with someone and 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 thinking about it's that it's really a sense of like personal autonomy like you talk about these youth who are just like I'm not stepping out of who I am I'm staying in who I am like I'm not I'm not leaving this room physically or energetically or spiritually. Like I'm, I mean, I'm sure they are in their ways and bless that process. Right. But it's like, right. Right. Like in that spot. Okay. Jump in here. Cause I can hear you. <laughs> I, I, so the interesting part about any time that someone needs to shift where they are, um, for themselves in that moment. And it, whether it's a protection mechanism, it's a, sustenance mechanism, like I'm going to be fine, but this is, I need to do this to sustain myself for the long haul Mm -hmm. for endurance or whatever that looks like. 
I think what can happen is there is a space of allowing them to have their process. Um, and I think what comes to mind is I have, I have a dear friend and she'd experienced some trauma at younger points in life that no one should have had to have gone through. And so she realized that some of the things that she was dealing with as an adult, she had moments that as she looks back, she's like, I can see where I left my body Mm -hmm. because that was what I needed to do in order to still be whole in some way, shape or form damaged, but whole. Yes. And so now she can see what she needs to do for herself to begin to heal and figure out something that works for her going forward. But if say she was seeing a therapist and his therapist is like, no, you need to stay present. You can't tell her that. Mm -hmm. And so if you're seeing it actually kind of happening and we've, I think even for those of us that maybe aren't as skilled and don't truly know, you can tell when someone has kind of like, yep, they're they're gone. They're, they're not here right now. And it's not your place to decide that they need to be present because you don't know why they're not. Right. And so it's very important to not write someone else's story for them. And on the flip side, even those that are like, you're kind of a train wreck with this and you're now bringing someone else into your toxicity. Maybe they have a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Maybe what they're presenting comes from a place of them having trauma and they might not be there anymore. And this is just what they need to do as their protection mechanism. This is their code of armor. And so it's, I, I think sometimes that can be a piece of that empathy, like not okay with what you did, but I can see that maybe there's some other things to it, you know, and I've, I've had people where it's like, I mean, I'm, unfortunately I have a mother that had a lot of toxicity, but I also know what she experienced and didn't heal and how the places where she exuded things that were not helpful may not have truly been from a conscious place. Because when you are sitting in things that have not healed and they've just festered and you don't know the difference between that and something different, Mm -hmm. because you may not call different better, but if that's where you live with it, you don't know what else this can look like. And that's not to give an excuse, but it's like, that's real. Right. It's context. Yeah, it's like if we're talking absolutely. about consciousness, we're talking about awareness, we're talking about, you know, just seeing the reality of what's happening. You know, that's one of the biggest things that I talk about is we're as we're having these diversity conversations, you know, it's I a few years ago I was having some conversations with the people that were were doing a lot of um uh education work around people seeing just like seeing the lenses that we see through right exposing Mm -hmm. exposing that process and we were talking we were co-teaching and we were talking about what what we might want to do and one of the things I kept talking about was I really think we need to do more empathy development as like a base point and uh at the time that was like I don't maybe I was a little a little a little ahead of the game at that point because the the dialogue was like no 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 that's too self centered we have to make people see stuff you know and I was like what was coming up for me was like but if they're traumatized and in a traumatized state they can't see 
anything. They can't, right. they literally can't, it's called tunnel vision <laughs> and they actually can't see it. They can't hear it. They can't see it. Like they actually don't have access to the cognitive functioning where that conversation takes place. You're, it's like, it's just, it's not there. And so to make sure, to recognize that for so many people, this, like this first few layers of the work is actually about coming into our own self and gaining access to our senses so that we can see and hear. Not to say that information isn't part of that process because it is, right? Like, right. I, like I'm a huge proponent of that, right? But that, there, that there's this understanding. And as you were talking, what it reminded me of, what I've actually leaned into now at this point is when I see someone who is spewing othering unconsciously and I can see that they're checked out in some way or another, right, um, is to use very strong, like, blessing energy to them. To go right past the, the, the dialogue that to, 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 like, see that they're armoring and, to see, and then to have a conversation with the fact that they're armoring, not how they're armoring, right? Just be right. like, I, I can see that, like, you're very committed to this and, like, this seems really important to you and like to to stick with that notion of reality of like I can see that like it's like I I thought we were having a casual conversation and this seems like you seem really like agitated and committed to this like I'm going to talk about what I actually is happening right now because we can't actually have a conversation about the subject matter that you just hijacked in your emotional trauma to feel safe so I'm going to just stop and recognize and do what I can to energetically say I also want you to be safe. Like I care about you being safe. Here's the thing that makes that complex. Yeah. Because so when you mentioned kind of one of the first things that you want to tap into is that empathy. Again, going back to what I did in my workshop, like I don't think that shame and guilt, I don't think that those are motivators, but I think what can happen is that there are times when there are people that truly have trauma that is putting them in this place of some of the things that are happening, uh, like with how they feel or how they're processing or how they're thinking and then acting. But I think that there are sometimes these places where people are just very married to this particular line of dialogue that they will just follow it to the ends of the earth with no true purpose. And so therefore they can almost put themselves in this place of like, well, I'm doing this because of this. And it's like, for someone that maybe doesn't know, they don't know what is coming from trauma and what's just, I am going to hold on to this resistance right. and this ugly separatist narrative mm -hmm. because I refuse to do anything else because I fully subscribe to the idea that all of these things that you're fighting for are pie. And if I give it to you, what's left for me? Right. And right. so it, it's tough when someone really wants to do the right things and they really want to, to be of support with these things. And yet you're trying to navigate people that truly want to be better and have blocks because of things that they've experienced, right. whether it was f for themselves or those around them. Right. And those that are just like, nope, I'm just digging my heels in because I feel like I want to. And that's my privilege. Right. I think I am, a, I have, I have come to a place of that digging heels in 
privileged position is 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 a is a disembodied deeply rooted trauma that it's that kind of like i like that like identity grip like safety is is a process that is it's it's so wound it's so wounded to me it's so lifeless and i think that's the that's the thing that i can tap into in my own heart even in that stubbornness when i can right like right. you know like in that clear sighted way when i have that moment to see even that like bullshit blinded like arrogant self indulgent immature like just i mean the whole right like just transparent mm-hmm. just being like convenient right like yep. all of these things normalized right like all of these things that are just like to me like despicable like un- undo my belly right i can look mm-hmm. at that and go like how far back did your in- did your whole bloodline lose your right to know who you were like how many generations yes. have, how long ago was that? That is, that is countless. And so to stand in yep. myself, not to nest, and this is where it's like the medicine caller in me, right? That like stands there and like sees through the timeline and says like somewhere, somewhere, like you know that you're standing on a planet and that you're not separate from it. Like somewhere in that bloodline and like that was a cut. That was a deep cut and like it has left you blind and dumb. Right. But that also leaves the space um, because I and I think that you're 100 percent right, because I think there are a lot of people that don't they're not open to that concept of, you know, generational trauma and ancestral wounds, these things that have absolutely nothing to do with us. Yet we carry them just like we would a backpack (laughs) on a regular day. Yeah. And you're just like, I am angry for this reason or at this type of person. And I, I don't know why. I just know that I am. Right. I have these feelings and responses and actions. I don't know why. It's. I think it was like when I first learned about. I want to say it was called um, the witch wound, mm-hmm. where women are just like you know, we don't know what it is sometimes, and we're like, our throat or our voice, our chest, and it's like, because you you're carrying that ancestral like someone was silenced, and you're like, I don't know why I can't do this thing and your voice just feels like you can't get it and so it's a really tough thing when you don't have any cognizance of this Uh let alone any belief in it whether that's because of fear or or just the the knowledge of it right but it's I mean it it opens up everything in such a different way when you can begin to realize that the things that hurt you may not be yours, may not have come from anyone you've ever known. That's right. Yet it's still just as real as if it just happened. And you have to do all the work. It's like, I just, I just want to, I'm hugging you. I'm hugging my microphone right now. (laughs) I'm hugging Erica. I'm hugging you. Listen, I'm hugging you. I'm hugging you, darling listener. Like I'm hugging you. Like we still, it's just like, well, fucker, you know, it's just like, it's just like, yep. Just like it happened to you. You know, I have some very, I've had some deep, 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 like powerful come throughs, right. Understandings if that's what it is. And then it's like, I'm paying top dollar in my therapy session and my body work session and all my journal pages and all my ink, right. On this memory, right. That's from the, a whole, like a timeline 
jump, right? And what I can say is that as that heals and that shifts, not only do I receive this amazing gifts from the process of doing that work because it was real, which means as it heals and the alchemy happens in me, I receive the benefit of that alchemy, glory be, right? And then to see the way that my life shifts or for me to see the way that I even... I've had some like really like wild kind of witchy moments in in my life where like I've had like a big shift either in a circle with a group of people or myself and I'm like, mm-hmm. mark my words, four months, we're going to see the ripples of this on the news. Like right here, right now. Yeah. Like this, we did this and like probably because we did it on the full moon, it wasn't just us, probably about 4,000 other humans did some ceremony and we like <laughs> done did the thing and like it's different. Like it's different yeah. for all of us now. You know, it's really real. And to know what it is to stand in our power and in our knowing of that being sanity and that being wisdom and that being truth. So that when someone is standing across from us with their heels dug in with some dumb shit, there's no battle there. Yeah. Like, what is it to let to, to see that there's no battle there? Right? Like, mm-hmm. like and what is it to to step into, into that moment and to say like, I'm not going to fight with your dumb shit because it's it's literally some dumb shit. Like I, like I can't, but I will, I will see you and I will see your line. Like how many 25, 45, 60, 75, 80 generations deep where your medicines were cut out of your line. Like where your Mm -hmm. last medicine person was murdered publicly like, like I'm going to see right through and I'm going to bless every one of you from here to me right now where you try to do some more dumb shit and murder medicine in me right now. And it is not working and it did not work. And I did not forget. And what is it in that moment to like, what does that blessing look like? Is it an inhale? Is it an exhale? Is it a mm-hmm. statement of acknowledging of like, wow, you really do believe that. I hope that serves you like <laughs> whatever it right. is, be it snarky, be it beautiful, be it poetry, be it like given the bird like whatever it is in that moment to like bless you like may you be so divinely fucked right it's like i mean that like may you may you be divinely fucked like that will liberate yourself more than most things right so like may you have yeah. that um and then what is it to to like to to be in that to to be in a holy extraction um it's 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 this is useful. I feel like this is I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm really glad to have you here, Erica. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because I feel like this is very much a conversation that I have with myself, like every year around the holidays or every year around like these things where mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, but like I got to get ready because I got to go in there and I got to like put my social justice hat on. And I'm like, literally yep. every day you live your life, Sophia, you are living the antithesis of the like you just you're doing it. So like. Just keep being mm-hmm. you. Like that is You're the embodying. Ra- that's it. the radical You're... act. Yes. Well, and we are all a radical act, right? And those of us that are like aware and are like, I am hoping to be a good ancestor. Mm. That's kind of the thing. Yes. 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 That's kind of the thing. That's it's like it. if mm. I can feel like I am planting seeds that the children of my children's children's children can somehow be like, I feel this. Yes. I understand where the shifts were happening. I understand where the healing began. I understand where the shedding of things that didn't serve then were, were, were being shaken off so that I didn't have to worry about if they serve me now. 
You know, I find great courage and comfort as like doing this in my with myself or in conversation or any of these things to to that notion of somewhere in my bloodline. Somebody dug their heels in and said some dumb shit just so they wouldn't die. Just like that person thinks they're doing today. Yeah. Right. And because they did that, I'm alive. Because they did that, because they like played along in right. some way at some point, like I'm alive and I have an opportunity to do it different. And so how can right. I make my offerings? How can I bless that survival of the, or the brutality of it? Right. Mm -hmm. In all, all fronts. It's like, I feel risky saying that. Right. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't want to, but I have to. Right. Like I don't right. want to approve of it, but I have to accept it and bless it. If I want a different reality and a different future. It all is hinged on choosing differently when you are aware enough to realize that you have a different choice mm. and that you can take a different choice. <sighs> so good. All right. To a few things we're going to, we're going to transition here. In a moment, I want to say you spoke of something. Oh, I went too far. I have a podcast episode that I want to point people to. Um, <laughs> that we nope. I'm having. I'm choo choo choo. Let me look it up. Da, 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 da. We're getting close here. Blast! It'll be in the link. Oh, check the show notes. It's a witch wound episode. Oh, we came from the stars. That's what it's called. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the we came from the stars episode. Um, somewhere in the 30s, I think. Um, so, but there'll, there'll be a link in there. So that's, that's one of my witch wound episodes. It's got a lot of medicine, a lot of this kind of ancestral healing medicine, reclaiming stuff. And um, would love to, Eric, I'd love to have you take a listen and let me know what you think. I think that would love to Ooh, hear yes. your, your thoughts on that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm excited. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you're just joining us now, go check out that episode and let me know what you think. And um, I have two closing questions. You feel available for that? Absolutely. Okay. So the first is what, so I know you're, you're a consultant, you're a coach, you know, people can hire you. If people want more of you, they want more. We just kind of really did this like talky feely, like so I do that. I have that effect on myself. Um, thanks for <laughs> joining me. Uh, you know, I, I know you've also got some really great like nitty gritty conversation material out there and you do work in businesses that and, and consulting in a, in a, in a, I want to say like a, like your presentation as she podcast has very, some like really like grounded, um, mm -hmm. um, stuff to kind of take this framework to go digest with. So where do you like people to come and find you? How do you love to interact with people? What do you want to let people know about that? I think Instagram is definitely one of my favorites because Instagram gives, you know, you're kind of hearing the things that I'll say because I have things that are typed out, but I also do stories a lot because I like being able to actually show up and you can hear how my voice is, which is the beauty of having interviews like this. So Instagram is a big one. That's Eric, at Erica Corday. Um, and my website is ericacorday.com. So that also will link to um, the podcast, which is Pause on the Play. And 
that's where I am having conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, imposter syndrome, imperfect action. And, you know, they're, they're conversations and they're unfiltered. And it's a place to be able to just kind of consider things a little differently and having you step out of the fact that, you know, your reality is not the only reality. So dialogue and conversation is absolutely my thing. So whether it's going over to the website and sending me an email, coming over to Instagram and commenting or sending me a DM. Like I'm, I'm, I actually read my DMs. Like I like having conversations. So I encourage people to have dialogue with each other, but I welcome dialogue with you. Awesome. And I would encourage people to go check out pause on the play, um, to just take a look at the episodes. There are so, there's so much rich material there. If this is something, if these conversations are important to you and you're not sure how to have them or you just want to hear more of them or there's like particular subjects you want to get more in on it's just it's you're really you're developing quite a uh a, a body like a body of work over there of, of these conversations so go check that yeah. out um okay and our closing question you already it's i love it when people do this it's, that's when i know we're like really moving to i'm like oh you've already <laughs> begun to speak to the closing question it must be time um <laughs> mm, mm. So I, my closing question is really, it's like, I have to double check because it's a presumption, it's based on a presumption, which is that mm -hmm. uh, I believe that there's a reality that we're creating another, another paradigm, another existence, another world manifested, physical, real, emotional, spiritual, whole, like we are here, you and I are here, we're not going to stop till it happens, like on like the witch wound we've been here before we'll come back again like we're on a mission you know um so the question is where are we going erica like what is this place what does it look like or sound like or taste like like what's one scene or one element that is fully alive there the word i think that comes up for me is the word fully because i think in this space, you know, when you think about your senses, that is just a piece. So, you know, if you look at a wall, like you can see what it looks like. You can, if you lick it, I don't know if you want to do that, but you could, you can see what it tastes like. Like you can feel it like, you know, so there's pieces there, but I feel like those are just the tip of the iceberg on how full all of our senses um, actually can process and take in. And I think that the part, you know, the fact that I think we use what, like 10% of our brains, I think there's so much more that can be unlocked and that we have access to that goes beyond the limits that we have given ourselves. Because we basically said, these are the ways that you can process the world and it's, you know, sight, taste, smell, touch, hearing. And so that says that these are the only ways that I can express or process or feel or take in anything or anyone. And I'm like, really? That's it? I don't, I don't really buy that. And I don't buy that all of this, all of the effort, even in our limited capacity exists. And then boop, done, gone. That's it. Like, we just goes off to be recycled, never to be seen or heard from again. Really? No, I don't buy any of that. So whatever it is, it is going to be fuller mm. than you or I 
could conceive of because we have yet to unlock those parts. Fully, mm. fully, mm, mm, mm. fully, fully, fully. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. This is so, so rich. Uh, dear sweet listener, I'm giving you a, if you want it, it's an offer, I'm giving you a nose snuggle, like a little, a little, I offer you the blessing that you may, you may experience your life, your vitality, your truth, your essence fully. May you have that experience. May that begin to come in and may you trust it when it's here, when it's happening. May you trust it. May you know it. May you know the power and may it grow and blossom. You are a blessing. May you feel blessed. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wiseone, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.